ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरम चरोत्तम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीरयेदारीमद्भागवत One should offer respectful obeisances unto the personality of Godhead Narayana, unto Naranarayana Rishi, the supermost human being, unto Mother Saraswati, the goddess of learning, and unto Sri Lavyasudev, the author. Nashta prayeshva bhadreshu nityam bhagavat sevaya bhagavatyutta masloke bhaktir bhavati naishthiki. By attendance in the classes on the Bhagavatam and by rendering of service to the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart. is almost completely destroyed and loving service under the personality of godhead who is praised with transcendental songs is established as an irrevocable fact om agnanati mirandhasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshuran melitam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha namo om vishnu padaya krishna preshthaya bhutale shrimate bhakti vedanta swaminiti namine नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्रीकृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंदीअद्वैतगदाधर श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे ओके So welcome to today's episode, part four of Sri Narasimha Lila, as we read from Sri Mad Bhagavatam. I think today there is a kind of uh, delay between the video and audio, right? Uh, kindly let me know, because I feel it. I can't know the reason why, but it's happening. Kindly let me know in the comments if there is a. It's not complete, completely smooth. because i feel it like that all right we'll continue reading anyway and i will i will monitor the comments you let me know what how it is uh, how the quality is all right now we will read from the seventh canto chapter 6 we have already read how uh, prahlad maharaj um, was tortured by his father for just being a devotee of krishna so now we will see how in the absence of the teachers how prahlad maharaj was preaching to his fellow uh, friends in the school who were all sons of different various demons so he preached straight philosophy he was only a 5 year old boy but he preached very exalted philosophy so today we will also be learning another uh, important aspect this is concerning all parents um who want to have a child or who some some of the mothers are already pregnant or if they know somebody who is uh, pregnant or going to be pregnant or whatever so this is a very important lesson so in this today we will also see how a child within the womb of a mother learns many things as prahlad himself explains his own experience in the womb of the mother all right so we will proceed straight Prahlad Maharaj said one who is sufficiently yeah you see 
so there is some delay between the audio and the video so i do not know exactly why that is happening because i did everything right so far <laughs> i do not know yeah there's a bit of a lag in the video okay anyway we will proceed i hope it will become all right i'll just see if by mistake i have done anything have open any applications no okay let's see if it if it settles up by itself so we will read it prahlad maharaj said one who is sufficiently intelligent should use the human form of life human form of body from the very beginning of life in other words from the tender age of childhood to practice the activities of devotional service giving up all other engagements the human body is most rarely achieved and although temporary like other bodies it is meaningful because in human life one can perform devotional service even a slight amount of sincere devotional service can give one complete perfection so this is these are actually very important verses sanskrit also one must know so this prabhupad quoted this many times kaumar acharet pragnya dharman bhagavataniha durlabham manusham janma tadapyadhruvamarthadam so kaumar means at the age of tender age of 5 years old one must start bhagavad dharma human body because human body is already temporary uh, it will only stay for a few years and with every second we are only getting closer to death so it is not wise to lose any time immediately one must get into the the bhagavad dharma as soon as one has some uh, stable consciousness so that is about near about 4 to 5 years old when a child can have stable consciousness and he can understand things very clearly from that age on he has to learn bhagavad dharma in fact not even at that it will you, we will learn from the descriptions of prahlad maharaj how it started even when he was in the womb of his mother <clears throat> the human form of life affords one a chance to return home back to godhead therefore every living entity especially in the human form of life must engage in devotional service to the lotus feet of lord vishnu this devotional service is natural because lord vishnu the supreme personality of godhead is the most beloved the master of the soul and the well wisher of all other living living beings prahlad maharaj continued my dear friends born of demoniac families the happiness perceived with reference to sense objects by contact with the body can be obtained in any form of life according to one's past fruitive activities such happiness is automatically obtained without endeavor just as we obtain distress so this is important point i think uh, you all can understand easily so we automatically we will get happiness and distress in this material world according to our purva karmanusara according to our past karma so there is no need to pray for happiness because even even though we don't pray for distress it still comes so even though we don't pray for happiness it will come so praying is not to get material happiness um praying is to understand that i am your eternal servant krishna so my job is to offer you prayers my job is to serve you 
it is unconditional. <clears throat> Endeavors merely for sense gratification or material happiness through economic development are not to be performed. You see that? Endeavors merely for sense gratification or material happiness through economic development are not to be performed. For they result only in loss of time and energy with no actual profit. If one's endeavors are directed toward Krishna consciousness, one can surely attain the spiritual platform of self-realization. There is no such benefit from engaging oneself in economic development. Whole world practically is based on economic development. They classify people, they classify countries, all on the basis of economic status. A first world country is economically very strong. A third world country is economically weak. So, there is no consideration of the character of the persons in the country or the character of a person, whether he is first class, second class, third class. Like even in the aeroplane, there is a first class seat. By right, they should be offered to the brahmanas, who are the first class persons, <laughs> the devotees, Vaishnavas. Uh, but the first class seat goes to the most uh, richest man who can afford it. It's all based on just money, money talks. In fact, one can't get even uh, what uh, medical advice or medical treatment or one can, can't get justice, anything without money. One can't get education also without money. Medicine, medical, uh, education and justice, all these things which are important, are not available for uh, everyone. So, in the in the past, Prabhupada said very nicely that uh, three things, all these things used to be free. The Brahmanas, they used to go door to door, you know, sometimes sannyasis, sadhus and the householders, they sometimes, even if they have some material ailments, the Brahmanas, they know, generally they know, you know, about medicine also and they know about astrological services also. Uh, and they know about, uh, of course, justice, they used to go to the king and there they used to get justice and um, otherwise education, um, what is that, astrological services and medical services, they used to get free of charge and they give whatever they can to the Brahmana as a donation and he would take it and that's it. Uh, so, but these things are very expensive now and they have made a big business out of it. Uh, but here, Prahlad Maharaj is saying exactly the opposite. Therefore, while in material existence, Bhavam Ashritaham, a person fully competent to distinguish wrong from right, must endeavor to achieve the highest goal of life as long as the body is stout and strong and is not embarrassed by dwindling. So, uh, it is not that, uh, let me see Bhagavad Gita and all this, uh, after I am 60 years old, after I retire, then I will start reading Bhagavad Gita. No, that time we can't do anything. First of all, there is no guarantee we will live that long. Uh, and even if we do live, we do not know what health complications we will get, what other problems we will get, maybe in the family or this or that or maybe some natural disaster. Anything can happen. Who knows? Why are we betting on the future? When we can do something concrete in the present. So, that's what Prahlad Maharaj is saying. Even Mukundamala Stotra, uh, who, King Kulashekhar, he said, Krishna Tvadiya Padapankajapanjarantam Adhyayvame Vishatumana Sarajahamsa Prana Prayana Samaye Kapavata Pittai Kantavarodhana Vidhaus Maranam Kutaste. He said, um, Let me die now because now I am ready. My, my thought, my body, everything is strong, stout, and 
I'm not embarrassed by old age. I'm not embarrassed by so many bodily problems that I would get at the time of death. My throat being choked up and my consciousness out. And then in that state, how can I remember you? I'm afraid that I would grow old and at that time I won't be able to remember you. So therefore, uh, let me die now because I can now remember you. So, so I think the lag is still there. But I think we will just proceed. We can't do much about it. I do not know. I, I need to see what other factors play uh, a part in this. I did everything I could, but I think some days are just like this. Um, complete and distinguish. All right. So every human being has a right, has a maximum duration of life of 100 years. Here, he is giving a graphical description of how we can analyze. Because every time we think, oh, we have since so much, so much time, no? We have almost every time we don't, we don't actually calculate how much time we really have. We always think, oh, time is there, no, 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 still time is there. It is not time to take it seriously yet. You know? As if we have infinite time at our disposal. We think like this. So now, Prahlad Maharaj is giving a very uh, mathematical, very true, realistic analysis of how much our life is actually remaining. So he says, one has a maximum duration of life of 100 years. Now even that is not guaranteed. But let's say, theoretically, 100 years. Half of those years are completely lost because at night, he sleeps 12 hours being covered by ignorance. So those in the mode of ignorance, they sleep 12 hours or more. You may say, no, I don't sleep 12 hours. I only sleep maybe 8 hours. Okay, 8 hours gone. One third of life already gone. So out of 100 years, one third life is already 33 years gone. But here he is of course calculating as 50 years. Um, Okay, even apart from sleeping, you take our eating or you know commuting or you know working. How much time is already lost? Out of 24 hours, how many, how much time can we actually dedicate to Krishna consciousness? You see, so 12 hours being lost in sleep, such person, such a person has a lifetime of only 50 years. Now you see, it has reduced by half. The so-called 100 years have reduced by half. In the tender age of childhood, when everyone is bewildered, one passes 10 years. In childhood, when a child is born, I mean, he doesn't know anything. We don't know what he's doing, we don't know what he's passing stool or passing urine or what he wants, what is he talking, he doesn't even know, talks nonsense. So in this way, 10 years are passing. And you know, learning how to play. I think there is a... Verse like that from um, uh, Shankaracharya. What is that? Um, Bala Krida Krida Sakta. Mm. Then uh, Taruna uh, Taruni Sakta. Uh, so, in this way, and uh, so the, basically the verse says like this that when he is a boy, he is always worried about playing. He wants to play. That's all. That's all in his mind. He wants to find some friends and play. And then when he is a little older, in youth, then he would want to go after the opposite sex. He wants to look for a girl. Or a girl, she wants to look for a boy. In this way, there is um, this life is lost. That part of life. And in the later part of life, he will be worrying about all kinds of problems. From financial problems, from future problems, from family problems, uh, in-laws problems, or the parents problems, health problems. This, that, everything is a problem. 
So he is lost in just counteracting those problems. So like that here also in this verse also it is said, in the tender age of childhood, when everyone is bewildered, one passes 10 years. Similarly, in boyhood, engaged in sporting and playing, one passes another 10 years. These 20 years are uh, wasted. Similarly, in old age, when one is an invalid, unable to perform even material activities, one passes another 20 years wastefully. Mm. The post-retirement 20 years of life is actually a waste. Mm. Simply, you know, attached to body and family and uh, simply sitting and doing nothing about spiritual life. So, another 20 years have passed wastefully. So, already 50 years lost in sleeping. 10 years in childhood, 10 years in youthhood. 20 years, 70 years gone, another 20 years in old age, 90 years gone, 10 years only we have. Uh, 90% of the, what is that? Time is wasted. Okay, if we don't even do the 10 years, you know, uh, I mean 12 hours sleep a day. Okay, 8 hours sleep, uh, eating, you know, talking gossip and you know, this, that, how many hours already gone? And in that 10 years which is remaining, how much time are we actually spending? We have some hobbies and we waste time like that. We watch TV, we watch this, that. There's so many things distracting our attention. So, almost zero time. Therefore, when we ask people to come to the temple and listen to the you know, classes, no, Prabhu, no time, Prabhu. Why are you so busy? All meaningful activities. Right? Very meaningful. No, it's all meaningless. One whose mind and senses are uncontrolled because uh, becomes increasingly attached to family life because of insatiable lusty desires and very strong illusion. In such a madman's life, you know, it's a madman who is attached to family. The remaining years are also wasted because even during those years he cannot engage himself in devotional service. What person too attached to household life, being too unable to control his senses, can liberate himself? An attached householder is bound very strongly by ropes of affection for his family, wife, children and other relatives. So that is family. Now, money is so dear that one conceives of money as being sweeter than honey. Therefore, who can give up the desire to accumulate money, especially in household life? Thieves, professional servants like soldiers, and merchants try to acquire money even by risking their very dear lives. Hmm. Even by risking their own life, they will go to steal. Or sometimes merchants, they, they do sometimes even black, black market, they sell. And sometimes they are soldiers, they also earn their living by risking their life. So for money, they will risk even their own life. That much dear money is for them. I mean, when one is entangled with family life, one is bound to be uh, you know, entangled with all these things. Grihakshetra sutapta vittair. So, vittam. Vittam means money. So, money has to be used to maintain all the household paraphernalia. So, here it is said that 558. Pumsastriya. Pumsastriya bhava metam. The attraction between male and female is the basic principle of material existence. On the basis of 
this misconception which ties together the hearts of the male and female one becomes attracted to his body home property children relatives and wealth in this way one increases life's illusions and things in terms of i and mine this is how we are lost in family life so here even more attachment you see how he is explaining how can a person who is most affectionate to his family the core of his heart being always filled with their the core of his heart being always filled with their pictures give up their association you see specifically a wife is always very kind and sympathetic and always pleases her husband in a solitary place who could give up the association of such a dear and affectionate wife small children talk in uh, talk in broken language very pleasing to hear and their affectionate father always thinks of their sweet words how could he give up their association one's elderly parents and one's sons and daughters are also very dear a daughter is especially dear to the father and while living at her husband's house she is always in his mind who could give up that association aside from this in household affairs there are many decorated items of household furniture and there are also animals and servants who could give up such comforts the attached householder is like a silkworm which weaves a cocoon in which it becomes imprisoned unable to get out simply for the satisfaction of two important senses the genitals and the tongue one is bound by material conditions how can one escape see this is how graphically he is describing you see how our material illusion is so strong it's like a cocoon so cocoon the silkworm with its own saliva he he does the cocoon and then becomes traps and ins- traps inside trapped inside so in the same way we are trapping ourselves um, we are locking ourselves down in in this cocoon of material existence and of, of attachment one who is too attached cannot understand that he is wasting his valuable life for the maintenance of his family he also fails to understand that the purpose of human life a life suitable for realization of the absolute truth is being imperceptibly spoiled the word important word is here is imperceptibly let's see what the sanskrit word is hmm not exactly not exactly uh sanskrit word but proper translated like that so actually it is true imperceptibly means we can't perceive it actually we can't we can't perceive that the life is going away the illusion is so strong that we just pass away time you know time pass this that is that and then life just goes and goes and goes um in all these attachments in all these descriptions that are given so he also fails to understand that the purpose of human life life suitable for realization of the absolute truth is being imperceptibly spoiled however he is very cleverly attentive to seeing that not a single farthing is lost by mismanagement uh, he is very attentive in keeping his money safe you know thus although an attached person in material existence always suffer from suffers from threefold miseries he does not develop a distaste 
for the way of material existence. This is very important. Actually, we see materialists are very, very alert in how to invest smartly and, you know, save money and, you know, uh, get house and they plan everything very nicely, very meticulously. But the thing that they actually should work for, self-realization, absolutely no planning, they don't even know how time is passing and how much they are wasting, they are putting this human life in a garbage bin. With each moment, one, one moment we are putting into the garbage. So, Ayusha Kshanamekopi Nalabhya Swarna Kotibhi Even with millions and billions and trillions of dollars, we can't get one second back of our life. So, once it's gone, it's gone forever. If a person is too attached, sorry, if a person too attached to the duties of family maintenance is unable to control his senses, the core of his heart is is immersed in how to accumulate money. How many people are not in this situation now? Um, always thinking how to earn money, how to earn money, how to earn money. Nothing else in their lives. How to get more money, how to improve the business, how to do this. Mm. Although he knows that one who takes the wealth of others will be punished by the laws of law of the government and by the laws of Yamaraj after death, he continues cheating others to acquire money. O my friends, sons of demons, in this material world, even those who are apparently advanced in education have the propensity to consider, this is mine and that is for others. Thus, they are always engaged in providing the necessities of life to their families in a limited conception of family life, just like uneducated cats and dogs. They are are unable to take to spiritual knowledge. Instead, they they are bewildered and overcome by ignorance. People think they are very educated and you know, I am very educated, highly educated. But they are engaged in family maintenance which is done by uneducated cats and dogs. That is all their uh, worry. How to maintain the family and how to increase the family situation. That is all they are concerned about. They are not concerned about their own spiritual life and the family spiritual life. My dear friends, O sons of the demons, it is certain that no one bereft of knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead has been able to liberate himself from material bondage at any time or in any country. Rather, those bereft of knowledge of the Lord are bound by by the material laws. They are factually addicted to sense gratification and the target is woman. (coughs) Indeed, they are actually playthings in the hands of attractive women. Victimized by such a conception of life, they become surrounded by children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren and thus they are shackled to material bondage. Those who are very much addicted to this conception of life are called demons. Therefore, although you are sons of demons, keep aloof from such persons and take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayana, the origin of all the demigods because the ultimate goal for the devotees of Narayana is liberation from the bondage of mental existence. So, the target is woman. Uh, actually, today is so-called Mother's Day. Actually, this Mother's Day is all Western idea. Because in their, in their, in their culture, they don't see the mother for one year. They just go out and you know. And then they, one, once a year at least, you know, we should see one day. So, they will put a, they put a Mother's Day and then they started seeing. And also, it's a good uh, marketing campaign, you know. On Mother's Day, 
because of everybody wanting to buy gifts so there's some commerce so these festivals are going on in the name of festivals but or events but actually it's a financial uh, uh, trick mothers day fathers day friendship day valentines day i mean all kinds of days just create and nowadays in uh, this e shopping like lazada and alibaba they have um 11223344556677889910111112 that means 1st of january 2nd of february 3rd of march and all the way until 12th of february so there's a oh, special discount special sales as if it's an event you know it became an event nowadays now just make some festivals because of economic growth that's all otherwise actually according to culture the appearance day of the lord and the appearance day of pure devotees these are festivals even in every religion there is you know religious festivals there are there is even in our of course we have so many festivals throughout the year and even others you know there is christmas there is uh, good friday like this and even in muslim there is some festivals usually is all about religion it was but then it became now just outright commercial festivals so called events just to make money so the target is women and today is mothers day so called and it is an important point because uh, they see the woman as a object of sense gratification and they invent these movies you know with um, very intimate scenes or sports where the women dress in a skimpy manner either swimming or tennis or badminton all these things they are created so that the man can enjoy looking at the woman but the women are so foolish they cannot understand these things and they think oh we are also equal to man we can do everything that the man can do and then they will you know they will do everything and the man just enjoys watching so our vedic culture is matravat paradareshu every woman other than one's wife one should consider her as a mother that is vedic culture not to see the woman as a which woman can be my girlfriend no that is not vedic culture at all vedic culture means every woman as mother mataji in our so you call every woman as mataji so that is actual culture uh, but here the target is women see and in this way they attached to family attached to children great grandchildren great grandchildren you see victimized by such a conception of life they become surrounded by children grandchildren and great grandchildren huh and thus they are shackled to material bondage those who are very much addicted to this conception of life are called demons therefore although you are sons of demons keep aloof from such persons and take shelter of the supreme personality of godhead narayana the origin of all the demigods because the goal for devotees of narayana liberation from bondage of material existence my dear sons of demons the supreme personality of godhead narayana is the original super soul the father of all living entities consequently there are no impediments to pleasing him or worshiping him under any conditions whether one be a child or an old man the relationship between the living entities and the supreme personality of godhead is always a fact and therefore there is no difficulty in pleasing the lord so just like a father and son son does not need to invent something you know to please the father actually the relationship is always there it is just that because of some reason the child has gone out for some reason and then left the father but if he comes back the father will accept so in this way the lord is always ready to accept us so it is not very difficult to please the lord 
and especially in Kali Yuga Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us by chanting his name, we can please him. Very easy. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Supreme Controller, who is infallible and indefatigable, is present in different forms of life, from the inert living beings, sthavaram, such as plants, to Brahma, the foremost created living being. He is also present in the varieties of material creations and in the material elements, the total material energy and the modes of material nature, Sattvagun, Rajagun and Tamagun, as well as the unmanifested material nature and the false ego. Although he is one, he is present everywhere and he is also the transcendental super-soul, the cause of all causes, who is present as the observer and the cause of the hearts of all living entities. This is Paramatma. He is indicated as that which is pervaded and all the and as the all-pervading super-soul, which is Paramatma, but actually he cannot be indicated. He is changeless and undivided. He is simply perceived as the supreme Satchidananda, eternity, knowledge and bliss. Being covered by the curve of the external energy to the atheist, he appears non-existent. To the atheist, he appears non-existent. But actually, it is not that he is non-existent. Kunti Devi also said, Namaste Purusham Tvadyam Ishwaram Prakriteha Param Alaksham Sarva Bhutanam Antar Bahiravasthitam Maya Javanikachannam Agnyadhoksha Jamavyayam Nalakshase Moodhadrisha Nato Natyadharo Yatha So she said that by the curtain of your Maya, you have Javanika Achannam. Javanika means uh, curtain. Achannam means covered. So, you have covered yourself. Krishna also said in Bhagavad Gita, Naham Prakasha Sarvasya. I don't manifest myself to anyone and everyone. Only to the devotees, yes. Always I manifest without without interruption. Whereas for the non-devotees, without interruption I am covered. They cannot understand me at any time. Therefore, my dear young friends, born of demons, please act in such a way that the Supreme Lord, who is beyond the conception of material knowledge, will be satisfied. Give up your demoniac nature and act without enmity or duality. Show mercy to all living entities by enlightening them in devotional service, thus becoming their well-wishers. Let's see what the Sanskrit is. Hmm. Tasmat sarveshu bhuteshu dayam kuruta sauhridam So, the translation is very nicely done. See, he said, show mercy to all living entities by enlightening them in devotional service, thus becoming their well-wishers. So, the real well-wisher is the one who tries to make everybody a devotee of Krishna, bring everybody to the shelter of Krishna. And that is a real uh, compassionate person. If you just show compassionate compassion to the body, that is no compassion. Uh, compassion to the soul is real compassion. Nothing is unobtainable for devotees who have satisfied the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is the cause of all causes, the original source of everything. The Lord is the reservoir of unlimited spiritual qualities. For devotees, therefore, who are transcendental to the modes of material nature, what is the use of following the principles of religion, economic development, sense gratification and liberation which are all automatically obtainable under the influence of the modes of nature? We devotees always glorify the lotus feet of the Lord and therefore we need not ask for anything in terms of dharma, Kama, Artha and Moksha. So, a devotee doesn't need to ask separately. Automatically, these will be gotten by the devotee. Very easily. 
ही जस्ट नीड टू बी वरीड हाउ टू बी एंगेज इन कृष्णा सर्विस ऑलवेज विदाउट इंटरप्शन दैट्स वॉट ही शुड बी वरीड अबाउट देर आर मेनी वर्सेज विच विच से विच एग्जाम्पलीफाई दिस बट यू नो यू गेट द पॉइंट इवन हु इज दैट बिलुमंगल ठाकुर हैज सेट दैट मुकुंदमाला जिसकिंग कुलशेखर हैज सेट दैट सो मेनी वर्सेज कैन बी शोन बट वी विल प्रोसीड ऑन विद द स्टोरी so prahlad maharaj continues his instructions religion economic development and sense gratification these are described in the vedas as trivarga or three ways to salvation within these three categories are education and and self realization ritualistic ceremonies performed according to vedic injunction logic the signs of law and order and the various means of earning one's livelihood these are the external subject matters of study in the vedas and therefore i consider them material however i cannot sorry however i consider surrender to the lotus feet of lord vishnu to be transcendental so that is the only transcendental activity of surrendering to vishnu narayana the supreme personality of god had the well wisher and friend of all living entities formally explained this transcendental knowledge to the great saint narada such knowledge is extremely difficult to understand without the mercy of a saintly person like narada but everyone who has taken shelter of narada's disciplic succession can understand this confidential knowledge so this spiritual knowledge is very difficult to understand if we don't have a proper guru in the disciplic succession so prahlad maharaj continued i received this knowledge from the great saint narada see here he is revealing so the, the when this uh, when the teachers asked him he did not say he just said uh, uh, you know a great saint uh, unless you receive the mercy or the dust of the saintly persons you cannot achieve this knowledge but here he is actually mentioning shrutam etanmaya purvam gyanam vigyana samyutam dharmam bhagavatam shuddham naradad deva darshanat prahlad maharaj said i received this knowledge from the great saint narad muni who is always engaged in devotional service this knowledge which is called bhagavad dharma is fully scientific it is based on logic and philosophy and is free from all material contamination then the last two verses the sons of the demons replied dear prahlad neither you nor we know any teacher or spiritual master other than shanda and amarka the sons of sukracharya after all we are children and they are our controllers for you especially who always remain within the palace it is very difficult to associate with a great personality dear friend most gentle one would you kindly explain how it was possible for you to hear narada kindly dispel our doubts in this regard so they were actually very attentive these demoniac boys he was making them into devotees so when he immediately said narada immediately they asked the question ha huh? narada when did you hear him we have been seeing you every day but uh, we did not see narada where where when did you, did you see narada when did you hear from him so now he explains his journey in the womb of his mother so narad muni said so actually narad muni is relating this whole incident to yudhishthir maharaj so narad muni said although prahlad maharaj was born in a family of asuras he was the greatest of all devotees 
Having thus been questioned by his class friends, the son of the Asuras, he remembered the words spoken to him by me and replied to his friends as follows. So, he was a very great uh, soul that he remembered what happened in the womb of his mother. We don't remember what happened in the womb of our mother. Forget the womb. After coming out, we don't know what is the first 2-3 years of our lives. For some people, even 5 years of their lives. They don't remember it. Just let's try to trace our memory back all the way, however past we may go. I think the most I can remember is when I was a 3-year-old boy. That, that's how far I can go. Maybe 2 years. I think I remember one or two scenes when I was two years. But other than that, I don't remember anything. Hmm. <clears throat> Prahlad Maharaj said, When our father Hiranyakashipu went to Mandarachal mountain to execute severe austerities, in his absence, the demigods headed by King Indra made a severe attempt to subdue all the demons in warfare. Uh, so, of course, this he must have heard from his mother or somehow. So, when the father Hiranyakashipu went for that meditation, no ruler, you know, so Indra took advantage. Oh, Hiranyakashipu has gone somewhere. Okay, let's plunder the whole and take away everything from him. That's what Indra did. So, King Indra made a severe attempt to subdue all the demons in warfare. Alas, as a serpent is eaten by the small ant, so the, ha- the, so the troublesome Hiranyakashipu, who always inflicted miseries upon all types of people, has now been defeated by the reactions of his own sinful activities. Saying this, the demigods headed by King Indra arranged to fight the demons. There was a fight between the Devas and Asuras. When the great leaders of demons, who were being killed one after another, saw the unprecedented exertion of the demigods in fighting, they began to flee, scattering themselves in all directions. Simply to protect their lives, they hastily fled from their homes, wives, children, animals and household paraphernalia. Paying no heed to all these, the demons simply fled. So, uh, the demigods were wreaking havoc on the demons. The victorious demigods plundered the palace of Hiranyakashipu. They plundered the palace of Hiranyakashipu, the king of the demons, and destroyed everything within it. Then Indra, king of heaven, arrested my mother, the queen. So, her name was Kayadhu. So, she was arrested. As she was being led away, crying in fear like a kurari captured by a vulture, the great sage Narada, who at that time had no engagement, appeared on the scene and saw her in that condition. So, Indra was uh, catching hold of uh, this um, the wife of Hiranyakashipu and dragging her out because she was pregnant. So, Naradmuni, as he was dragging her out and going, um, Naradmuni saw, he happened to pass by and he saw, hey? and Naradmuni said, Oh Indra, king of the demigods, this woman is certainly sinless. You should not drag her off in this merciless way. Oh greatly fortunate one, this chaste woman is the wife of another. You must immediately release her. She is not your wife, she is another man's wife. You should, you should release her. So that is Matravat Paradarishu, this is proper culture. King Indra said, you see, King Indra's concern was this. In the womb of this woman, the wife of the demon Hiranyakashipu is the seed of that great demon. So, that great demon Hiranyakashipu has put his seed inside this womb and now she is pregnant with that child. Therefore, let her remain in our custody until until her child is delivered and then we, we shall release her. 
So, Indra said, all right, we will not kill her. I have no plan to kill her. But I will keep her until she gives birth and after that she can go. Hmm. Because they were worried, oh, father is already such a big uh, demon and the son also will become another nonsense demon. Then we will not be able to manage two at all. Already one died, Hiranyaksha, good. Now this one more, now Hiranyakashipu. If he has another son, then a big problem. So, Narad Muni then replied, The child within this womb's, this woman's womb is faultless and sinless. Indeed, he is a great devotee, a powerful servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, you will not be able to kill him. Then Narada said, Oh, so that's your plan. You wait for her to give birth and then kill the child and send her away. Okay. This boy is such a great devotee that even if you try to kill him, you can't. Hmm. Then when the great saint Narada had thus spoken, King Indra, being respectful to Narada's words, immediately released my mother. Because of my being a devotee of the Lord, all the demigods circumambulated her. Thus they returned to their celestial kingdom. So they, you know, they knew that a great devotee is in the womb. Oh, immediately they circumambulated her. Like how we circumambulate Tulsi every morning. Huh? So like that, they went around her in... Uh, Worship, because there was a pure devotee in the womb. So, in this way, they went around her and then they went back to their abodes. Prahlad Maharaj continued, The great saint Naradmuni brought my mother to his ashram and assured her of all protection, saying, My dear child, please remain at my ashram until the arrival of your husband. After accepting the instructions of Devarshi Narada, my mother stayed in his care without fear from any direction, as long as my father, the king of the Daityas, had not become free from his severe austerities. You see, she was there uh, until he, is, he was going to come. Then, my mother being pregnant, uh, is that? Yeah, my mother being pregnant desired the safety of her embryo and desired to give birth after her husband's arrival. Thus, she stayed at Narad Muni's ashram where, he sh- where she rendered service unto Narad Muni with great devotion. So, here is something important to note. Few things are important in this verse. 7.7.14 So, he is saying here that the mother, his mother, decide, desired to give birth after her husband's arrival. That means, she kept the child in the womb until the husband arrived. As we know, the husband went for 100 celestial years. So that means, Prahlad Maharaj was in the womb of his mother for 100 celestial years. Just like Hiranyakashipu was in the womb of his mother, Diti, for 100 celestial years. And for Because otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Because if he takes birth while Hiranyakashipu was still in his tapasya, by the time he comes back, this son should be almost 100 years old. But no, he was just a very small boy at that time only. And then the, he became a 5-year-old boy when Hiranyakashipu chastised him. So, here is the information that she desired to give birth after her husband's arrival. So, they had this kind of mystic power. that They could keep the child so long in the womb. Hmm. So, thus she stayed at Narad Muni's ashram where she rendered service unto Narad Muni with great devotion. So, another aspect of this verse. Because Narad Muni is a Brahmachari and um, Kayadhu, the wife of Hiranyakashipu, was a young woman. 
so how come he allowed her to stay in his ashram and um, serve him so here prabhupada explains in the purport it is stated in shrimad bhagavatam canto 9 chapter 19 text 17 matra svasra duhitrava navi viktasano bhavet balavanindriya gramo vidvamsam apikarshati one should not remain in a secluded place with a woman even one's mother sister or daughter nonetheless although one is strictly prohibited from staying staying with a woman in a secluded place narad muni gave shelter to prahlad maharaj's young mother who rendered service to him with great devotion and faith does this mean that narad muni transgressed the vedic injunctions certainly he did not such injunctions are inten- intended for mundane cre- creatures but narad muni is transcendental to mundane categories narad muni is a great saint and is transcendentally situated therefore although he was a young man he could give shelter to a young woman and accept her service actually uh, cannot accept service otherwise uh, brahmachari but he accepted service haridas thakur also spoke with a young woman a prostitute in the dead of night but the woman could not deviate his mind instead she became a vaishnavi a pure devotee by the benediction of haridas thakur ordinary persons however should not imitate such highly elevated devotees ordinary persons must strictly observe the rules and regulations by staying aloof from the association of women no one should imitate narad muni or haridas thakur it is said vaishnavar kriya mudra vigyana bujhay even if a man is very advanced in learning he cannot understand the behavior of a vaishnava anyone can take shelter of a pure vaishnava without fear therefore in the previous verse it has been distinctly said devarshare antike sakulo bhaya kayadhu the mother of the prahlad maharaj stayed under the protection of narad muni without fear from any direction similarly narad muni in his transcendental position stayed with the young woman without fear of deviation narad muni haridas thakur and similar acharyas especially empowered to broadcast the glories of the lord cannot be brought down to the material platform therefore one is strictly forbidden to think that an acharya is an ordinary human being gurushu naramati so there is a similar kind of statement by chaitanya mahaprabhu about his own spiritual master ishwar puri so ishwar puri actually we will go there because it's a very important verse we have actually recently written an article about how shri prabhupada is not bound by shastra it's like here narad muni the shastra is that yeah brahmachari cannot associate with women especially in solitary place but narad muni has associated with the mother of prahlad maharaj so he has seemingly transgressed shastric rules but he was beyond the rules of shastra so similarly we have done this a small compilation so actually in the compilation we did not include this purport but actually maybe this can also be included there because this is very instructional how a pure devotee is above these rules not this okay this verse is uh, one thing okay the whole conversation is um, long but we will not go into the context of the conversation but here we can understand because that, that is another story by itself basically i will tell you so what happened ishwar puri is the spiritual master of chaitanya mahaprabhu 
Now, Ishwarpuri had a servant called Govinda. In, in that sense, that means Govinda is a disciple of Ishwarpuri and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is also a disciple of Ishwarpuri. So, they are both God brothers. God brothers means they have the same spiritual master. Now, Ishwarpuri asked Govinda to go and become a servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Become a servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is wondering, he is um, the servant of my spiritual master. How can I engage him in my service? So, in this way he was thinking, how, you know, Ishwarpuri had ordered me like this. Uh, and how, what should I do now? On the one hand, I cannot disobey the order of my Guru, Ishwarpuri. On the other hand, he is my God brother. Shastra does not say, Shastra says we cannot accept uh, service from God brothers. So, what should I do now? So, that is, um, and of course, um, Ishwarpuri, keeping a servant of the Shud, from coming from a Shudra family, how can he do that? Because at that time, only Brahmins, that spiritual master used to have only Brahmins as assistants, not a person coming from Shudra family. But Ishwarpuri kept a person who came from Shudra family. But by quality, he was actually a devotee, not actually Shudra, but he came from a Shudra family. Just like uh, Haridas Thakur came from Muslim family. So, like that. So, Govinda came from a Shudra family. So, so that is the context. But I want to go to this part. You see here, in answer to this question, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied that his spiritual master, Ishwarpuri, was so empowered that he was as good as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As such, Ishwarpuri was the spiritual master of the whole world. He was not a servant of any mundane rule or regulation. An empowered spiritual master like Ishwarpuri can bestow his mercy upon anyone irrespective of caste or creed. The conclusion is that an empowered spiritual master is authorized by Krishna and his own Guru and should therefore be considered as good as the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself. That is the verdict of Vishwanath Chakravarti. Shakshadharitvena, an authorized spiritual master is as good as the Hari, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As Hari is free to act as he likes, the empowered... Uh, what is it? Ah, oh, Krishna. Yeah. As Hari is free to act as he likes, the empowered spiritual master is also free. As Hari is not subject to mundane rules and regulations, the spiritual master empowered by him is also not subject. Very, very important point. And Narad Muni was in the same um, category. According to Chaitanya Charitamrita Antilila, chapter 7, text 11, Krishna Shakti Vina Nahetar Pravartan, an authorized spiritual master empowered by Krishna can spread the glories of the holy name of the Lord for he has the power of attorney from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the mundane world, anyone possessing his master's power of attorney can act on behalf of his master. Similarly, a spiritual master empowered by Krishna, though, uh, sorry, through his own bona fide spiritual master, should be considered as good as the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself. That is the meaning of Sakshadharitvena. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu therefore desi- describes the activities of Supreme Personality of Godhead and the bona fide spiritual master as follows. So, the next verse also is important to know. Prabhu kohe Ishwar hoi param svatantra Ishwarer kripa nahe veda paratantra Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Both the Supreme Personality of Godhead and my spiritual master Ishwar Puri are completely independent. Therefore, neither the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead nor that of Ishwarpuri is subject to any Vedic rules and regulations. 
you see the mercy of the supreme personality of godhead not that of ishwarapuri is subject to any vedic rules and regulation and today in the narad muni story the mercy of narad muni to the wife of hiranyakashipu and especially to the child within the womb or her womb uh, that mercy was beyond the rules and regulations because he actually did that because he kept her in his ashram and because every day he was speaking about krishna's pastimes and for 100 years 100 celestial years that hiranyakashipu was there he was talking narad muni was speaking for such a long time and therefore prahlad maharaj became such a self realized soul by the association so apparently he crossed the rules of his brahmacharya but what he did the effect of that was unprecedented prahlad maharaj as a devotee is so exalted because of the preaching of narad muni that he overturned and he caused the incarnation of narsimhadev to come down into this universe and he overturned and made hiranyakashipu die just because of his devotion and all that was because of narad muni seemingly transgressing the rules of brahmacharya how much deep import it is here you know similarly like shri prabhupad he went to america he crossed the ocean sanyasi should not cross the ocean but he crossed the ocean he went there to the land of the mlechas and yavanas and made them devotees so and also he had to you know uh, live in a house in the first time he has to live with drug addicts all kinds of things he went through which usually a sanyasi should never be associating with this kind of people uh, but he had to go through all this uh, but all that paid off because the mercy of the pure devotee is beyond the rules and regulations of shastra they are not bound by shastra ishwarer kripa jati kuladi na mane vidurer ghare krishna karela bhojane the mercy of the supreme personality of godhead is not restricted to the jurisdiction of caste and creed vidura was a shudra yet krishna accepted lunch at his home so in this way he explains so anyway that is uh, another history but the point is there that narad muni therefore one is strictly forbidden to think that the acharya is an ordinary human being uh, gurushu naramati because if we think like that our whole spiritual studies and everything is gone that is ex- this is exactly what is happening in iskon now um, they think they 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 think prabhupada is an ordinary human being although they, of course externally they will say no 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 prabhupada is a pure devotee we never said you know he is ordinary but they treat him like ordinary hmm. they treat him like ordinary his ritvik system it's it's beyond they say oh he never in a, never in the shastra that there was a ritvik system you know in before an acharya did not do it to show mercy just like narad muni showed just like ishwarapuri showed to show mercy the spiritual master goes above even shastra so in the so chaitanya charitamrita shastra sri chaitanya mahaprabhu himself is speaking so in the shastra shri prabhupad is um, pure devotee like prabhupad is above shastra if shastra says that the pure devotee is above shastra how can he be against shastra because shastra is saying that he can be above shastra so he is above shastra and not above shastra also because shastra is saying that he can be above shastra so in this way uh, 
uh, our argument is undefeatable it's, it's invincible argument especially our rhythmic system because of this so proceeding on narad muni delivered his instructions both to me who was within the womb and to my mother who was engaged in rendering him service because he is naturally extremely kind to the fallen souls being in a transcendental position he gave instructions on religion and transcendental knowledge these instructions were free from all material contamination because of the long duration of time that has passed and because of her being a woman and therefore less intelligent my mother has forgotten all those instructions but the great sage narada blessed me and therefore i could not forget them you see that because of the long duration of time that has passed and because of her being a woman two things so woman is usually less intelligent if she is of course if she is a devotee and she is strictly practicing uh, and faithfully serving the husband and that is you know exalted woman but usually otherwise woman naturally is considered less intelligent and prahlad maharaj is also confirming the point here my mother was less intelligent and therefore she forgot everything but narad muni blessed me therefore i could not forget prahlad maharaj continued my dear friends if you can place your faith in my words simply by that faith you can also understand transcendental knowledge just like me although you are small children similarly a woman can also understand transcendental knowledge and know what is spirit and what is matter it's not that they cannot understand they can also understand just as the fruits and flowers of a tree in due course of time undergo six changes birth existence growth transformation dwindling and then death the material body which is obtained by the spirit soul under different circumstances undergoes similar changes however there are no such changes for the spirit soul yes there is no such changes for the spirit soul the body is going to change atma atma refers to the supreme lord or the living entities both of them are spiritual free from birth and death free from deterioration and free from material contamination they are individual they are the knowers of the external body and they are the foundation or shelter of everything they are free from material change they are self illuminated they are the cause of all causes and they are all pervading they have nothing to do with the material body and therefore they are always uncovered with these transcendental qualities one who is actually learned must give up the illusory conception of life in which one thinks i am this material body and everything in relationship with this body is mine so he is explaining how we should come above our bodily concept of life an expert geologist can understand where there is gold and by various processes can extract it from the gold ore similarly a spiritually advanced person can understand how the spiritual particle exists within the body and thus by cultivating spiritual knowledge he can attain perfection in spiritual life however as one who is not expert cannot understand where there is gold a foolish person who has not cultivated spiritual knowledge cannot understand how the spirit exists within the body where the spirit exists how the spirit exists how it is moving everything a fool will not know actually we are all fools until we hear from a pure devotee uh, only when we hear from a pure devotee of prabhupada like prabhupada then <clears throat> we understood oh soul body 
sometimes even we may listen this listen to these things from other kind of sources but still the seriousness of it doesn't dawn on us until a pure devotee actually tells it so that's why there is one purport i don't remember exactly which one where shri prabhupada says the mantra is very powerful but when it is chanted by a pure devotee it becomes more powerful it's true the instructions of bhagavad gita is already powerful it's spoken by the supreme personality of godhead but when the pure devotee explains it even becomes even more powerful because there are so many people reading bhagavad gita without parampara without guidance of a spiritual master they're reading but they're having different conclusions but when you read from a pure devotee oh it becomes very clear and also the spiritual master he gives a set sadhana okay do this because we know okay krishna said you please me we offer you know water fruit all these things you do whatever tapas whatever tapasiyat karoshya dashnasiyat jhoshya dadasiyat whatever you eat whatever you drink whatever you give away in charity whatever you do do there as an offering unto me okay all fine but how to do these things and that's when the that's where the spiritual master comes and exactly tells us how to do practically in our day to day life so that is where the difference comes and under his guidance if we take it seriously we will attain complete perfection so an expert geologist he knows how the soil is situated i mean uh, how the gold is situated where you know they have this um, what is that uh, some you know detectors where they can detect these kind of things so geologist so similarly a spiritualist he knows where the soul is and how the its influence is being spread all over the body and how to cultivate how to advance the 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 needs of the soul not the needs of the body he knows everything the lord's eight separated material energies the three modes of material nature and the 16 transformations the 11 senses and the five gross material elements like earth and water within all these the one spiritual soul exists as the observer therefore all the great acharyas have concluded that the individual soul is conditioned by these material elements so we are an observer we are observing and we are trapped in this body and now we are observing only hmm? we are observing everything situated within the body <clears throat> there are two kinds of bodies for every individual soul so we think we have a body no there are two kinds of bodies a gross body made of five gross elements and a subtle body made of three sorry a gross body made of five gross elements and a subtle body made of three subtle elements within these bodies however is the spirit soul so there is a, like an outer covering and an inner covering and then the spirit soul one must find the soul by analysis saying this is not it this is not it thus one must separate spirit from matter this is called neti neti i think let's see the actual verse neti netiti neti netiti atatyajan so what is this this is not it this is not it what is this so <clears throat> analysis he is saying we should understand by analysis that okay who am i who am i am i this body no this is not it because i say my body so this is not me uh, am i the hand no this is my hand so i am not the hand am i am the heart no that's my heart mind no that's my mind intelligence no that's my intelligence so if all these things are mine so i am not it i am not the intelligence i am not the mind so that is the, that is what he is saying by neti neti not this not this not this not this so we should separate analytically we have to separate 
So when we look at the face in the mirror, oh, this is me. Oh, this is, yeah, this is me. But then we have to think, am I this face? No, this is my face. Oh, so I'm not the face. Uh, so in this way, we have to contemplate on these things. Uh, so I'm not the face, I'm not this, I'm not this. So I'm something else. So that, I'm the soul. So in this way, we have to, and analytically, um, and also, we say, um, you know, when a person dies, oh, he has left, he has, he's gone away. Who has gone away? So analytically observe, like that story that Yamaraj became a boy and he advised that um, relatives of the king of Ushinara province, Suyagnya. So they, they were, you know, crying, oh, he's left, he's left. Then the boy said, you're fools. You, you have never seen your husband. That person who responded to you, who talked with you, who, you know, have, have spent intimate uh, moments with you. You have seen that body of that person only always. And that body you are seeing now also. The same thing you see, saw that time and seeing now. Why are you lamenting? That person who has left, you have never seen him. Even when he was with you, you only see the body, you saw the body of that person. You never saw the soul. And now also you cannot see the soul. And what you saw, the body, that you are seeing now also. That means, who is the person who has gone? So, in this way, we have to think, hey, so, yeah, I am not this body. So, the body is there, but I am not there. So, that means, I am not the body. So, in this way, and Krishna in the second chapter, oh, 20 verses, from the 11th verse to the 30th verse, so many angles, he is explaining the soul. How many angles he is explaining the soul? As a dress. And in the 18th chapter, as a yantra, as a vehicle. So, we, we, so when we understand the analogy of a car. Hmm. So, a car, there is a driver in the car. So, I am not the car. It's my car. I am the driver of the car. So, similarly, I am the driver of this body. I am not the body. So, in this way, neti, neti, neti. We have to reject this and that, this and that. No, this is not me. This is not me. This is not me. So, I am something else. I am something else. So, uh, in this way, we have to contemplate who I actually am. Of course, by that, by not this, not this, not this, you will not get to the perfect conclusion. Suppose if I, if I have something in my hand and I say, what is in my hand? You will say something and I say, no. And you will say a million things and I said, no, 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 no. Then what it is, you will not know still. You can only keep guessing and guessing and guessing. And even if I say no and no and no, it doesn't give you a hint what, what, what else it is. So, Unless we have factual positive knowledge, like from Krishna, you are a soul, you are situated in the heart. Unless we have that explicit, clear knowledge, unequivocal knowledge from the Lord, we cannot actually understand. Even if I say, okay, I am not this, I am not that, but what I am, I still will not know. I know that I am not this, I am not this, I am not this, but what I am, I will not know. So, for that, we have to receive knowledge from Krishna himself. That we cannot speculate anymore. Until then we can speculate. What we are not, we can speculate. Uh, but what we are, we cannot speculate. We have to be receiving knowledge from Krishna only. That is the only way. So that's why Bhagavad Gita is very authoritative. We have to listen to Bhagavad Gita and accept it wholeheartedly. Sober and expert persons should search for the spirit soul with minds purified through analytical study in terms of the soul's connection with the with 
and distinction distinction from all things that undergo creation, maintenance, and destruction. Uh, here, Vishwambar Prabhu has come up with the uh, quotation, which says, "You see, when a mantra is chanted by a pure devotee, it becomes more powerful." This is in the purport of 4.24.32. So, it is said, when a mantra is chanted by a great devotee, the mantra becomes more powerful. Although the Hare Krishna Mahamantra is powerful in itself, a disciple upon initiation receives the mantra from his spiritual master. For when the mantra is chanted by the spiritual master, it becomes more powerful. Sorry, the quote has gone away from the screen because I have set a limit of 20 seconds. Um, so, I, it took more than that. So, anyway, you get the point. So, so, in this way, Prahlad Maharaj is teaching. So, sober and expert persons should search for the spirit soul with minds purified through analytical study in terms of the soul's connection with and distinction from all things that undergo creation, maintenance and destruction. Okay, Vrajakishwar also has uh, shared the same purport actually. So, the intelligence can be perceived in three stages of activity, wakefulness, dreaming and deep sleep. The person who perceives these three is to be considered the original master, the ruler, the supreme personality of Godhead. So, in the material consciousness, we are in three is either of these three stages. Uh, Jagaran, Nidra, Jagriti, Nidra or Sushupti, uh, sorry, uh, Swapna and Sushupti. So, ja, uh, Jagriti and Swapna and Sushupti. So, Jagriti means uh, uh, wakefulness and Swapna means in dreaming state between sleep and wakefulness and Nidra or Sushupti means deep sleep. So, the dreaming stage is between wakefulness and sleep. So, material consciousness is in either of these three states. Now, there is another consciousness which is transcendental consciousness, Sthita Pragnasya, Sthita Pragna, that is in the Transcendental consciousness, samadhi, that is above these three, above even material wakefulness. Because so-called wakefulness is also a dream in itself. Our wakefulness is also a state of dream, it's just a longer dream. So, because it is longer, we think it is real. But compared to eternity, eternity is much longer and that is our actual position as soul. We are eternal. Compared to that, this, this life of 80 years, 100 years is a dream. Hmm. Just like we consider that a dream, you know, just because it's a few seconds compared to our 100 years life. But compared to eternity, this 100 years is like a few half, I mean not even half a second. So, it's also like a dream actually. But while we are living in this dream, we think everything is very, very real. Very, very real. Because after, just imagine, now if I die and taking birth in another body, all what I have now all the, my relatives, my identity, my everything, my nationality, everything will change. And I will completely forget it. Just like I would a dream. So, it is actually a dream. And we do not remember our previous births. But we think it is reality. This is the illusion. While we are in the dream, just like while we are in the dream, we think it is very real. Until we come out of it, oh, that was a dream. So, Similarly, now we are living the dream, that's why it appears real. Just like when we are in the dream while sleeping, it appears real. But similarly, this is appearing real. 
So intelligence can be perceived in three states of activity, wakefulness, dreaming and deep sleep. The person who perceives these three is to be considered the original master, the ruler, the supreme personality of Godhead. As one can understand the presence of the air by the aromas it carries, so under the guidance of the supreme personality of Godhead, one can understand the living soul by these three divisions of intelligence. These three divisions, however, are not the soul. They are constituted by the three modes and are born of activities. So, um, how we know, for example, the soul is there. So, when we see something moving, we know that there is somebody, either an insect or an animal or a person or a ghost. <laughs> we know there is somebody there. So, we don't see the soul, but we know the soul is there. Because if anything moves, there is a soul there. Of course, you may say wind, you know what happened to wind. So, wind controlled by the soul who is called the Vayu, you know, demigod. So, no movement happens without the soul. So, now, when there is movement, there is a soul. So, we can't see the soul. But we can see the body. Or, we can hear the sound in the next room. Oh, there is somebody there. We cannot see the soul. But we are knowing the presence because of the body. Just like when the air carries the aroma of a rose garden. When the air passes through a rose garden and comes towards us, we get the rose smell. Oh, nice. You know. So, we can feel the air by the, by the smell of the rose. You know. So, what kind of, where was the rose, I mean, where was the air before, you know we can understand by its present flavor that is carrying. So, similarly, by seeing the, the condition of a particular soul, we can understand what kind of flavors of consciousness he had gathered in his previous life, um, after which he has come here. So, for suppose if somebody is a dog, suppose we see a dog, so we can understand for sure that he, he acted in the mode of ignorance in his previous life. He was never saintly, maybe... Either he was a human or he was an animal, but he was not enlightened, definitely. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a dog. So, so that's the, we can understand to an extent what was the past. So, that is what is explained here, that in the Sattvagun, those some people are in the mode of goodness, some people in the mode of passion, some people in the mode of ignorance. Why? Because they have associated like that in, the, in their previous lives and now they are carrying that flavor. Karanam gunasangosya sadasadhyoni janma. So, But that is not the soul. The dog is not the soul. The, the soul is pure, but it is carrying those concepts or conceptions of life from his previous life in the mode of ignorance. Therefore, he has a body of a dog like that. So, through polluted intelligence, one is subjected to the modes of nature and thus one is conditioned by material existence. Like a dreaming state in which one falsely suffers, material existence, which is due to ignorance, must be considered unwanted and temporary. One should not stress uh, or place too much emphasis on materialistic life because it's a dream. No point, you know, saying that, hey, let's do this, let's do that. It's all a dream, it's going to be finished. Get ready for waking up. Uh, that is what is required. Therefore, my dear friends, O sons of the demons, your duty is to take to Krishna consciousness which can burn the seed of fruitive activities 
artificially created by the modes of material nature and stop the flow of intelligence in wakefulness, dreaming and deep sleep. In other words, one, when one takes to Krishna consciousness, his ignorance is immediately dissipated. So as long as one is involved in wakefulness, dreaming and deep sleep, he is in ignorance. It means we have to rise to the level of knowledge. The Vidya platform is uh, above this. Then only we can actually enter Krishna consciousness. You may say, what is beyond uh, wakefulness? How can I go there? I am awake. So, what to do? What to do after that? <laughs> what we have to do is Krishna consciousness. We have to engage in Krishna consciousness. And that thinking of Krishna is the pure activity of the soul. It is not conditioned by the modes of material nature. And therefore, it is not illusion. Mm. That is what we should do. How to go to the other consciousness, fourth consciousness, how it experiences. No, it is just remembrance of Krishna. That is the fourth consciousness. And actually, when we are perfect in remembrance, then we will become callous to the other three states of consciousness. As it is explained in the 11th canto, this is the state of the fourth consciousness. Deham janashwaram avasthitam uthitam va siddho napashyati yato dhyagamatsvarupam daivadapetam athadaiva vashadupetam vaso yatha parikritam madhiramadandha Just as a drunken man does not notice if he is wearing his coat or shirt, similarly, one who is perfect in self-realization and who has thus achieved his eternal identity does not notice whether the temporary body is sitting or standing. Indeed, if by God's will the body is finished or if by God's will he obtains a new body, a self-realized soul does not notice, just as a drunken man does not notice the situation of his outward dress. This is the fourth consciousness, where he is completely aloof from the bodily activities of even wakefulness. Wakefulness, dreaming, deep sleep, all. He is aloof from all that. So, that is just like we, we have already read this in the case of Prahlad, that uh, the Lord himself said, uh, Narad Muni actually said that he was in a state. He did not know. He was. He's. He did not know how his, how he was sitting, how he was standing. You know, everything was just, just done automatically, just like a child. He is only sitting in the lap of the mother, and whether he is passing stool, whether he is passing urine, he does not even know how everything is happening. He is just satisfied sitting in the lap of his mother. So like that, um, uh, Pralad Maharaj also. Everything was being carried out by you know, the Lord and he was just aloof from everything and that is the fourth consciousness. That is the perfection of Krishna consciousness where one loses every, um, what is that, um, association with this material world, like a madman sometimes, you know, like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how he behaved, like a madman, completely aloof from this worldly consciousness. That is Krishna consciousness. Of the different processes recommended for disentanglement from material life, the one personally explained and accepted by the Supreme Personality of Godhead should be considered all perfect. The process, that process is the performance of duties by which love for the Supreme Lord develops. That means bhakti is the highest um, process. Yoginam apisarvesham madgatenantaratmana shraddhavan bhajate yomam sameyukta tamo mataha. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
Turiya. So Vanajakshi Mataji is asking, is Turiya the fourth consciousness? I think so. Turiya guna sampannam nana guna manoharam ananda saurabham pushpam grihatamadamuttamam. So we chant this during our, I think, Turiya. Let's see. The fourth expansion, the fourth part, consisting of the fourth. Hmm. So actually, Turiyam, Turiyam means fourth. Turiya, the word Turiya means fourth. So, so it is also called fourth because uh, it is beyond the three. But Turiya itself, the word Sanskrit here, the dictionary, actually now I remember. Uh, Turiya. So, Turiya means the fourth and actually that means, yes, it means the Vasudeva. That is explained. Shuddham 4.3.23 See here, Lord Shiva is saying, Satvam Vishuddham Vasudeva Shabditam Yadi Yate Tatra Pumana Pavrataham Satvecha Tasmin Bhagavan Vasudevo so, I am always engaged in offering obeisances to Lord Vasudeva in pure Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness is always pure consciousness in which the Supreme Personality of Godhead known as Vasudeva is revealed without any covering. And here, Satvam Vishuddham Vasudeva Shabditam. The Vasudeva, Vasudeva Sthiti is the fourth level of consciousness, is beyond the three modes and beyond the three states of material conditioning of wakefulness, dreaming and deep sleep. So that is a Turiya, correct. So it's very nice that you have mentioned that Vanajakshi Mataji. So we will proceed further now. So we have actually one sloka like that when we are doing the deity worship. Turiya guna sampannam nana guna manoharam. So Turiya guna sampannam means who is filled with the fourth uh, the quality is in the fourth aspect, which is transcendental, basically. Beyond three modes and beyond the three states of material consciousness. This is a spiritual consciousness. That is good. Alright, so... One must accept the bona fide spiritual master and render service unto him with great devotion and faith. Whatever one has in one's position should be offered to the spiritual master. That is disciple. Disciple means whatever he has in his position is actually not my property, it is my guru's property. Whether one is not, this is not only for Brahmachari, for Brahmachari, Grahastha, Vanaprasa, Sanyas. He should always think whatever I have in, in my position is actually the guru's property. Of course, the guru does not use it for his sense gratification. He is, and he does not take also immediately. Now, when there is need, he will ask and in fact, there is a, oh, I forgot the number of this verse. Hmm. There is a nice verse, uh, two, two places, one in the fourth canto and one in the eleventh canto, where it is said, the brahmanas and sannyasis, the, sorry, the, Bra- the brahmacharis sannyasis, they own the entire wealth of the world, but they keep it with the householders. So, and whenever they ask, whenever they want, they will ask them, like that. <laughs> so, there's, um, maybe if one of you can find it, kindly uh, put it in the comments. Let me just do a wild guess. An absolutely wild guess here. Uh, no, there's nothing to do with that. So, I'll just do another wild guess. 
and if we are still unsuccessful in the gamble yeah i'm still unsuccessful so i'll go back to the description so i am depending on you um, maybe rajakishore or vishwambar prabhu kindly help me out <laughs> so there is two verses so one is prithu maharaj says that where the entire world entire wealth actually belongs to the brahmanas and um, whenever they want they can take it from us something to that effect and another one is in 11th canto where i don't know exactly who says it but the same kind of the brahmacharis and sanyasis they own the wealth of the whole world it's their property but they keep it with others something like this so please search out that one so one must accept the bona fide spiritual master and render service unto him with great devotion and faith whatever one has in one's possession should be offered to the spiritual master and in the association of saintly persons and devotees one should worship the lord hear the glories of the lord with faith glorify the transcendental qualities and activities of the lord always meditate on the lord's lotus feet and worship the deity of the lord strictly according to the injunctions of the shastra and guru this is exactly what we offer in our krishna consciousness movement exactly this all these things the instruction of the spiritual master the association of devotees serving the instruction of the spiritual master in the association of devotees and hearing the glories of the lord sorry about that uh, glorifying the transcendental qualities and activities of the lord meditating meditating on the lord worshiping the deity of the lord strictly according to the injunctions of shastra and guru so this is exactly the necessity or the need for a temple because the devotee can do all these things practically in the temple under the guidance of devotees one should always remember the supreme personality of godhead in his localized representation as the paramatma okay this is narahari prabhu is quoting from the uh, lord ram lord ram's uh, thing but this is not exactly the one i was looking for but the kind of similar point ramachandra is you know they should possess the entire material world therefore the lord ramachandra delivered the land between the east west north and south to the acharya so he showed by personal example lord ramachandra also that is also a good verse but i'm looking for this another other two verses one is from the fourth and one is from the 11th canto so all right um by these activities uh one second where are we So one should always remember the supreme personality of Godhead in his localized representation as a Paramatma who is situated in the core of every living entity's heart. Mm-hmm. Thus one should offer respect to every living entity according to that living entity's position or manifestation. Of course we can't go and embrace a tiger or you know no. So according to that living entity's position we have to offer respect. Just like in the nectar of instruction also we have read ಕೃಷ್ಣೇತಿಯಸ್ಸಗಿರಿತಂಸಾಧ್ರಿಯೇತೀಕ್ಷಾಸ್ತಿಚೇತ್ಪ್ರಣತಿಭಿಶ್
So, how the preacher deals? Ishvayata Dadhineshu Baliseshu. Baliseshu Kripa. So, for the ignorant people, he will show mercy by preaching to him Krishna consciousness, giving him prasadam like that. One second, something is interrupting me here. Okay. So, alright. So, um, and the envious, he neglects. So, that is the different dealings with devotees and outsiders. So, still he respects those who are atheists also he respects because, you know, the Lord is in their heart, fine. But, let me not disturb this person at all. He is an offender. So, let me not become uh, an instrument for his offences, even more offences. So, by these activities as above mentioned, one is able to cut down the influence of the enemies. Mm, By meditating on the Paramatma in the heart, one is able to cut down the influence of the enemies, namely, lust, anger, greed, illusion, madness and jealousy. And when thus situated, one can render service to the Lord. In this way, one surely attains the platform of loving service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, this is very important. So, our enemies are not this and that, this and that person, our own mind with its all the six lust, anger, greed, illusion, madness and jealousy. One who is situated in devotional service is certainly the controller of his senses and thus he is a liberated person. When such a liberated person, the pure devotee, hears of the transcendental um, where are we? transcendental qualities and activities of the Lord's incarnations for the performance of various pastimes, his hair stands on the end on his body, stands on end on his body, tears fall from his eyes and in spiritual realization his voice falters. Sometimes he very openly dances, sometimes he sings loudly and sometimes he cries. Thus he expresses his transcendental jubilation. So these are ecstatic symptoms. So he's saying if you meditate on the Lord and eventually you will get all the symptoms, you will be completely happy. You know? When a devotee becomes like a person haunted by a ghost, he laughs and very loudly chants about the qualities of the Lord. <laughs> he's not exactly a ghostly haunted devotee, but <laughs> he's haunted by the ecstatic love of Krishna. It's a positive haunt. So, when a devotee becomes like a person haunted by a ghost, just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the fisherman, he thought he was a ghost. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in the water, in the ocean, somewhere in the night. And his eyes were all, you know, like open, you know, very wide open. And the fisherman got scary. I mean, got scared. You know, what is this? And then he, he touched him. And he also became, you know, fully happy and everything. His body all, you know, shivering and everything. He thought he was haunted by a ghost now. <laughs> so, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exhibited such madness. Mahabhava, it is called Mahabhava. He laughs and very loudly chants about the qualities of the Lord. Sometimes he sits to perform meditation and he offers respects to every living entity, considering him a devotee of the Lord. Constantly breathing very heavily, he becomes careless of social etiquette and loudly chants like a madman, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, O my Lord, O my Master of the Universe. Oh yeah, I actually took out this verse. I actually took out this verse, 11, 8, 16. So, Radhika Mataji has put out this. I actually took out this verse, but I saw the first few words and I said, oh, some hunter. Then I thought it was not the one. But actually, yeah. So, let's take out that verse. 11, 8, 16 is the verse. 
so my gamble was right actually so of course we should not do gambling sukha dukho parjitair vittair aashasanam grihashishah madhu hevagrato bhungte yatirvai grihamedhinam just as a hunter takes away the honey laboriously produced by the honey bees similarly saintly mendicants such as brahmachari and sanyasis are entitled to enjoy the property painstakingly accumulated by householders dedicated to family enjoyment you see this hmm the the bees the honey bees they go and laboriously collect the bee i mean honey from little bit little bit honey from every flower and work so hard to collect the honey in the 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 honeycomb and then this hunter will come drive away all the bees take the honey similarly <laughs> the example is given that the saintly mendicants such as brahmacharis and sanyasis are entitled not just you know are advised to take the property no and not they are entitled to enjoy the property painstakingly accumulated by householders dedicated to family enjoyment of course this enjoy means they enjoy their enjoyment is always in relation with the lord so they their enjoyment means they offer to the lord and when the lord is glorified like you know we have festivals we have you know when the lord is glorified and many people come and take shelter of the lord that is the enjoyment of the brahmacharis and sanyasis not that oh you know i give money to the brahmachari and he enjoy with one woman there you know no that is that is not enjoyment of the brahmachari the brahmacharis and sanyasis are entitled to enjoy means they take and use it in the service of krishna and then they enjoy they enjoy the lord being glorified they enjoy serving the lord and they enjoy distributing the lord's mercy to everybody that's why the festivals are organized prasadam is distributed knowledge is distributed so in this way and when this happens ah the brahmacharis brahmacharis and sanyasis are very very happy very happy that is their happiness um they are not happy with uh, just sitting around and you know lazing and eating and sleeping this is not their happiness they are not interested in this their happiness is to uh, spread krishna consciousness that is their enjoyment so of course the householders you know um many of you are actually householders so don't get offended but uh, actually this is the um uh, the, what is that the result or the the real fruit of work i think there is a verse like that because all the wealth that we may accumulate will not go with you oh this one or oh, next one nehayat karma dharmaya so this is if you have not noticed canto 3 chapter 23 verse 56 नेहयत कर्म धर्मायन विरागाय कल्पते न तीर्थपद सेवायै जीवन्न पिमृतो हि सह एनीवन हुज वर्क इज नॉट मेंट टू एलिवेट हिम टू रिलीजियस लाइफ एनीवन हुज रिलीजियस रिचुअलिस्टिक परफॉर्मेंसेस डू नॉट रेज हिम टू रिनंसिएशन एंड एनीवन हु सिचुएटेड इन रिनंसिएशन दैट डज नॉट लीड हिम टू डिवोशनल सर्विस टू द सुप्रीम पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉडहेड मस्ट बी कंसीडर्ड डेड ऑल्दो ही इज ब्रीथिंग इन अदर वर्ड्स वी शुड नेवर रिमेन स्टैग्नेंट इन व्हाटएवर पोजीशन वी आर वी शुड ऑलवेज क्लाइंब अप एंड come to the point of unalloyed uninterrupted service to the supreme personality of godhead and the first one nehayat karma dharmaya so the work is meant to elevate one to religious life so we, we, everybody is working so that the result of that work the money should be given to krishna not only money talent time everything the family every family members everybody must come and serve krishna 
so that is proper and um, and there is another uh, in a negative way this verse is there in the eighth canto very nice verse kimatmananena jahati yontatah kimrikthaharai swajanakya dasubhi kim jayayasam smritihetu bhutaya martyasya gehai kimihayusho vyayah we have the second um this thing also there in the comments i will just put it out after this verse what is the use of the material body which automatically leaves its owner at the end of life and what is the use of all one's family members who are actually plunderers taking away money that is useful for the service of the lord in spiritual opulence what is the use of a wife she is only the source of increasing material conditions and what is the use of family home country and community attachment for them merely wastes the valuable energy and one of one's lifetime see one's money is actually meant for the service of the lord but the family members will take it oh we need shopping we need to go to this and this you know this universal studios and this and that so many things you know in this way money is wasted see so swajanakya dasyubhihi dasyubhi means thieves swajanakya they are they are actually thieves but they have they are called family members they have the name uh, tag family members but actually in reality they are thieves so this is how of course this is about material relatives material family members but if one is spiritualistic and everybody is you know devotionally inclined that is good that does not mean ah yes prabhu my prabhu is working so i am also devotee so for me now we will go shopping now spending on devotee wife is good first of all is a devotee wife means why she is going for shopping necessary shopping that we understand but unnecessary you know 50 50 handbags you know like 30 pairs of shoes what is the need you know <clears throat> so by the way um, radhika sakhi mataji has also put it in the the second quote which is from the fourth canto so we will actually take that out in the here so it's easy to read here 420 to 46 so it's 118:16 and 420 to 46 you know in in singapore the the chinese you know when they see the number some number of a new car or something they'll remember that number so they will you know they will use that number for lottery or something hoping that they will strike so we also try to remember numbers uh but how to remember <laughs> krishna and his shlokas but if you know the sanskrit it is very easy to remember even if you forgot the number yeah knowing the sanskrit actually that's why we should learn the shlokas i have not memorized the shlokas personally that's why i do not remember them i know they are roughly where but i do not know exactly so in fact um, we are going to have the shloka learning course in about 2 days from now i think tuesday so stay tuned for that one that is going to be a big thing and every devotee should learn how to learn shlokas and it's going to completely change the way you look at prabhupada's books to try to understand it and try to apply it everything will change once you understand how to learn shlokas and prabhupada wanted that so anyway that's another subject we will go into that uh, on tuesday so 42246 swameva brahmano bhungte swamvaste swamdadati cha tasyaiva anugrahenaannam bhunjate kshatriyadaya prithumaraj said this 
The Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras eat their food by virtue of the Brahmana's mercy. It is the Brahmanas who enjoy their own property, clothe themselves with their own property and give charity with their own property. In fact, the next verse, you see, in the purport. The Brahmanas, being engaged in the service of the Lord, have very little time to handle the finances of the world. And therefore, the riches are kept by the Kshatriyas or the kings who are to produce money upon the Brahmana's demand. When the Brahmana demands, the Kshatriya must produce the money and give it to the Brahmana. You know, when Brahmana says, okay, it's time to construct temple, okay, immediately donate. The Kshatriya means the government, you know, the government has to, you know, channel the money in that way. So, that is the actual Vedic system. Now, it is a different story altogether anyway. Um... The Brahmanas being engaged in the service of the Lord have very little time to handle the finances of the world and therefore the riches are kept by the Kshatriyas or the kings who are to produce money upon the Brahmanas' demand. Actually, the Brahmanas or Vaishnavas do not live at other, others' cost. You know, this is a very popular misconception that the Brahmanas and Vaishnavas, all what you are doing, huh? huh? You are sitting in the temple and asking for donations. You are living at the cost of others as a parasite in society. We receive so many of these uh, <laughs> um, criticisms. So, but here you see how Prabhupada is explaining. Actually, the Brahmanas or Vaishnavas do not live at the cost of others. They live by spending their own money. Although it appears that they are collecting this money from others. Kshatriyas and Vaishyas have no right to give charity. For whatever they possess belongs to the Brahmanas. They have no right to give charity. Because it's not their property even. It's Brahmanas property. Therefore, charity should be given by the Kshatriyas and Vaishyas under the instructions of the Brahmanas. Unfortunately, at the present moment, there is a scarcity of Brahmanas and since the so-called Kshatriyas and Vaishyas do not carry out the orders of the Brahmanas, the world is in a chaotic condition. The second line of this verse indicates that the Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras eat only by virtue of the Brahmanas' mercy. In other words, they should not eat anything which is forbidden by the Brahmanas. The Brahmanas and Vaishnavas know what to eat. They know what to eat. And by their personal example, they do not eat anything which is not offered first to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They eat only prasad or remnants of the food offered to the Lord. The Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras should eat only Krishna Prasad, which is offered, afforded them by the mercy of the Brahmanas. They cannot open slaughterhouses and eat meat, fish or eggs or drink liquor or earn money for this purpose without authorization. In the present age, because society is not guided by Brahmanical instruction, the whole population is only absorbed in sinful activities. Consequently, everyone is deservedly being punished by the laws of nature. This is the situation in this age of Kali. Because the money was not being authorized to use, now coronavirus, everybody cut down. No going out, no pubs, no... Of course, they are still eating meat. They still don't understand the problem. But, you know, at least some of the principles are being followed. No illicit sex. Social distancing, no? What sex? So, coming back. So, he is describing all the ecstatic symptoms one may get. Um, Like a madman, he will chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. The devotee is then freed from all material contamination because he constantly thinks of the Lord's pastimes and because his mind and body have been converted to spiritual qualities. Because of this intense devotional service, his ignorance, material consciousness and all kinds of material desires are completely burned to ashes. 
This is the stage at which one can achieve the shelter of the Lord's lotus feet. So intense, you know, intense remembrance, you know, that smarana, shravana dasha, varana dasha, smaranavastha. In smaranavastha, there are again five divisions of remembering. Last is samadhi. So that is intense uh, remembrance of the Lord. At that stage, uh, the anartha nivritti happens. All the dirty things in the heart are cleansed. And one is, one experiences experiences the bliss of devotional service, the complete spiritual bliss. The real problem of life is the repetition of birth and death, which is like a wheel rolling repeatedly up and down. Oh, somebody has shared something very big. Okay, never mind, we will look at it later. The real problem of life is the repetition of birth and death, which is like a wheel rolling repeatedly up and down. This wheel, however, completely stops when one is in touch with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In other words, by the transcendental bliss realized from constant engagement in devotional service, one is completely liberated from material existence. All learned men know this. Therefore, my dear friends, O sons of the Asuras, immediately begin meditating upon and worshipping the Super Soul within everyone's heart. You know, those, those children were very innocent, you know, were just small children. So, they could easily be taught. Their fathers and, you know, their, their parents were not actually. They were demons. But, because they were children, they could, you know, be taught all these things. Because they are not as con- contaminated as the adults. Sometimes, you know, in, in Hindus, you know, they say, chil- children are actually like God. Not exactly. It, it's just innocence. It is ignorance. They can be molded. God, you know, demigod, he can offer and like whatever, you know. But um, just like a sapling, you know, sapling, the sapling cannot produce fruits. But the mature tree, he can produce ripened fruits. So, uh, a person who is like a small child, he is just like a, you know, sapling, just. So, he just needs to be nurtured in the proper way. And so, if he is God, then why is he going to school? God doesn't go to school. No? Only a fool go to school because he needs knowledge. So actually they are fools, but they are innocent. So they can be taught with proper association. Oh my friends, sons of the... Oh, where are we? Yeah, correct. Oh my friends, sons of the Asuras, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is, a, is in his super soul feature the Miss Paramatma feature, always exists within the cause of the hearts of all living entities. Indeed, he is a well-wisher and friend of all living entities and there is no difficulty in worshipping the Lord. Why then should people not engage in his devotional service? Why are they so addicted to unnecessarily producing artificial paraphernalia for sense gratification? Every pure devotee feels like this. Every pure devotee. King Kulashekar also felt like this. Prabhupada also, when he went to America, he felt like this. Everybody feels like this. All pure devotees. Prahlad Maharaj himself felt like this. You know. Why should people not engage in his devotional service? Why are they so addicted? Um, same thing, there is a verse like in this in the Mukundamala Stotra. Ascharyam etadhi manushya loke sudham parityajya vishampi banti Actually, not only that, even other verses also. So, there are many verses like this. Anyway, you get the point. It's the same point. One's riches, beautiful wife and female friends, one's sons and daughters, one's residents, one's domestic animals like cows, elephants and horses. Last time, I mean previously, last time in Singaporean. Previously, 
they used to be pets means cows elephants and horses now they have dogs dogs are not even mentioned here <laughs> dogs used to be there but they used to be like outside they were not now it is in the bedroom same bed you know is muchi dog dog is a muchi actually it's a dirty no we should not if you touch dog you know if a dog sees the food we cannot offer it to the lord uh, if you touch dog is muchi you go t- take shower otherwise you cannot do any puja nothing now everything everybody doing dog worship uh, god worship nobody is doing so indeed if uh, one's riches beautiful fire uh, everything so yeah domestic animals like cows elephants and horses one's treasury economic development and sense gratification indeed even the lifetime in which one can enjoy all these material opulences are certainly temporary and flickering since the opportunity of human life is temporary what benefit can these material opulences give to a sensible man who has understood himself to be eternal so once we know we are eternal how can we be satisfied with this temporary uh, things even our own life or even the things that we possess in this life it is learned from vedic literature that by performing great sacrifices one may elevate himself to the heavenly planets however although life on the heavenly planets is hundreds and thousands of times more comfortable than life on earth the heavenly planets are not pure nirmalam or free from the taint of material existence the heavenly planets are also temporary and therefore they are not the goal of life the supreme personality of godhead however has never been seen or heard to possess inebriety means imperfection he doesn't ha- does not have any imperfection consequently for your own benefit and self realization you must worship the lord with great devotion as described in the revealed scriptures he is saying heavenly planets are not worth going to uh, we just have to go back to krishna a materialistic person thinking himself very advanced in intelligence continually acts for economic development but again and again as enunciated in the vedas he is frustrated by material activities either in this life or in the next indeed the results one the results one obtains are inevitably the opposite of those one desires mm. you see continually acts for economic development he is he thinks very intelligent but he only acts for economic development mm. he is frustrated in this life and next so in the next next verse it is even more clear in this material world every materialist desires to achieve happiness and diminishes distress right who does not do this so everybody li- tries to achieve happiness increase happiness and diminish distress and therefore he acts accordingly actually however one is happy as long as one does not endeavor for happiness as soon as one begins his activities for happiness his conditions of distress begin a living entity desires comfort from for his body and makes many plans for this purpose but actually the body is the property of others indeed the perishable body embraces the living entity and then leaves him aside when it dies it just leaves now it's embracing us embracing all over us you know completely covered that is how the body embraces now after that kimatmananena jahati yontatah what is the use of material body which will leave us at the time of death since the body itself ultimately meant uh, since the body itself is ultimately meant to become stool or earth what is the meaning of the paraphernalia related to the body such as wives residences wealth children relatives servants friends kingdoms treasuries animals and ministers they are also temporary what more can be said about this we are thinking oh my wife my house this our own body is going to be 
either earth or stool or ashes. Mm. So, the ashes property, the ashes wife, you know, ashes children, what, what is the meaning? You know, there is no meaning actually to the whole thing. All this paraphernalia is very near and dear as long as the body exists. But as soon as the body is destroyed, all things related to the body are also finished. Therefore, actually one has nothing to do with them. But because of ignorance, one accepts them as valuable. Compared to the ocean of eternal happiness, they are most insignificant. Relationships for the uh, more in, most insignificant. What is the use of such insignificant relationships for the eternal living being? How nicely he is putting everything. My dear friends, O sons of the Asuras, the living entity receives different types of bodies according to his previous fruitive activities. Thus, he is seen to suffer with reference to his particular body in all conditions of life, beginning with his infusion into the womb. From the womb itself, the suffering starts. Please tell me, therefore, after full consideration, what is the living entity's actual interest in fruitive activities which result in hardship and misery? Mm. The living entity who has received his present body because of his past fruitive activity may end the results of his actions in this life. But this does not mean that he is liberated from bondage to material bodies. The living entity receives one type of body and by performing actions with that body, he creates another. Thus, he transmigrates from one body to another through repeated birth and death because of his gross ignorance. This is a chain of karma. The four principles of advancement in spiritual life, dharma, artha, karma and moksha, all depend on the disposition of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, my dear friends, follow in the footsteps of devotees, without desire, fully depend upon the disposition of the Supreme Lord, worship Him, the super soul in devotional service. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, is the soul and the super soul of all living entities. Every living entity is a manifestation of His energy in terms of the living, living soul and the material body. So, both the living soul and the material body are Krishna's energies. So, we ourselves are Krishna's energy. We are supposed to be for His enjoyment. Our material body is also His energy, supposed to be for His enjoyment. Therefore, we should not try to squeeze any pleasure out of this body for our own selves. Therefore, the Lord is the most dear and He is the supreme controller. If a demigod, demon, human being, yaksha, gandharva or anyone within this universe renders service to the lotus feet of Mukunda who can deliver liberation, he is actually situated in the most auspicious condition of life, exactly like us, the Mahajans headed by Prahlad Maharaj. My dear friends, O sons of the demons, you cannot please the Supreme Personality of Godhead by perfect, by becoming perfect Brahmanas, demigods or great saints or by becoming perfectly good in etiquette or vast learning. None of these qualifications can awaken the pleasure of the Lord, nor by charity, austerity, sacrifice, cleanliness or vows can one satisfy the Lord. The Lord is pleased only if one has unflinching, unalloyed devotion to Him. Without sincere devotional service, everything is simply a show. So important. Mm-hmm. Ah, Prabhu, I am doing this vrata, that vrata, everything. That's why there is a Bengali proverb. Bhajan karo, sadhan karo, murti janle hoi. You can do all kinds of bhajan, sadhan, this, that, everything. All kinds of spiritual practice, this, that. We can make a show in this world. But, Without unflinching devotion to the Lord, you know, it's not it's not worth it. It's all just a show. It's not going to yield any benefit. Mm, that's why there is a verse: Aradhito yadi haris tapasatata hakim, Naradhito yadi haris tapasatata hakim, Antar bahir yadi haris tapasatata hakim, Nantar bahir yadi haris tapasatata hakim. So it is said that uh, what is the use of austerity? 
if one is worshipping the Lord, one has already reached the ultimate perfection of all austerity, is already worshipping the Lord. So, what is the use of performing tapasya? And if one is not worshipping the Lord, what is the use of his tapasya? He will not yield any, any, any benefit. So, aradhito yadiharis tapasya tatahakim, na aradhito yadiharis tapasya tatahakim. Antar bahir yadiharis tapasya tatahakim. If one has uh, realized that the Lord is inside and outside of everything, then what is the use of tapasya anymore? He has already reached the perfection. And Nantar If one has not realized the Lord inside and outside of everything, what is the use of his tapasya? So, what is tapasya for then? <laughs> to come from point A to point B, from where now we have no idea, we are not worshipping Krishna, to come to the point of worshipping Krishna. In that process, there is some tapasya involved. But it only to the extent that it should get us to the point of serving Krishna. If we are doing some tapasya which is obstructing our service to Krishna, that tapasya is what is the use of such tapasya? The whole tapasya is meant for reducing bodily demands and engaging in our spiritual activity of service to Krishna. But if we can't do service and doing tapasya, and then what is the point? Uh, so that is the point. So tapasya is all about uh, giving up our material conception and getting to spiritual consciousness. But if that that aim is not Krishna, no use performing all these things. You'll no benefit. Um, so next one. My dear friends, so we are reaching the end of this today's session. My dear friends, O sons of the demons, in the same favorable way that one sees himself and takes care of himself, take to devotional service to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is present everywhere as a super soul of all living entities. O oh, my friends, O oh, sons of demons, everyone including you, the yakshas, the rakshasas, the unintelligent women, sudras and cowherd men, the birds, the lower animals and the sinful living beings can revive his original eternal spiritual life and exist forever simply by accepting the principles of bhakti yoga. Everyone, even animals can do it. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually showed that. And even Ramachandra also engaged animals in his service. So, even animals can do. Even plants can serve the Lord. Like we, we pluck flowers. Uh, we use so many flowers and fruits and vegetables in the service of the Lord. All the plants who produce these things are serving the Lord now. So, by the mercy of devotees, even plants can serve the Lord. And if when chanting, if the plants hear, oh, that is good for them, they will get, become elevated, become purified. In this material world, to render service to the lotus feet of Govinda, the cause of, of all causes, and to see him everywhere is the only goal of life. This much alone is the ultimate goal of human life, as explained by all the revealed scriptures. So, in this way, he instructed the, his friends. Alright, so... 8, 9, 10. So, we have 3 chapters to cover tomorrow. How big is this chapter? It's quite long. So, I think we have to go tomorrow only. So, alright. So, tomorrow is the final day where actually Hiranyakashipu will be killed. And day after tomorrow, hopefully. Actually, tomorrow we have a lot to cover. Hmm. Not only the killing of Hiranyakashipu, but also the prayers of Prahlad Maharaj to, to Narasimha Dev. So, all this constitutes the entire Narasimha Leela. 
so we we need to go through that as well so everything tomorrow all right we will stop here so do we have any questions i think we have some Okay, I think the questions now. <clears throat> so I think um towards the end of the session i think or towards the middle i think the live stream quality has become a little better i think i feel it like that tell me if the same experience was with you because all this feedback is uh, will help me um to improve what i can do sometimes it's just beyond my control and um, at least i can get some idea of what exactly is happening so kindly let me know if you are still experiencing the delay in the video and audio Uh, or is it like smoother now all right so the question vishnu teja asks did nehru become a dog because he was a womanizer according to one astrologer that is so jawaharlal nehru first prime minister of india such an exalted position became a german shepherd in sweden so that was the um, calculation of one very famous astrologer this was spoken by shri prabhupad so one one life a god one life a dog <clears throat> much better video quality now okay good the lag was only there in the start it was really smooth after that oh thank thank krishna All right. So the next question is: Ekalavya an example of Ritvik system in Shastra? No, Ekalavya is an example of a cheater in Shastra, because <laughs> if you equate Ekalavya to Ritvik system, we are all <laughs> undeserving disciples of Prabhupada, whose fingers, whose thumbs should be cut. You know, what kind of? A, you should never think like this. You know, Ekalavya example of Ritvik system in Shastra. Uh, without the guru in uh, you know physically he is accepting no 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 come on dronacharya did not accept him as a guru and he himself took it upon himself to take uh, him as a guru whereas prabhupad actually said that you should become my disciple so <laughs> no ekalavya is he was a untruthful person you know he was not even honest he was honest i mean he of course he said that you are my guru but the thing is when dronacharya refused he still went with his and he still constructed a figure of him and then in front of it practiced archery so that itself shows that he is not following the instructions of the guru so his character would be not so straight you know all smooth okay good um So is Sri Prabhupada the only bona fide spiritual master for the next 10000 years? 
that's what Srila Prabhupada said. So, yes. At least Diksha Guru. You know, Siksha Guru, there can be many. Um, when demons die, do they go to the court of Yamaraj? Most certainly. You mentioned that Shastra says one cannot accept service from God brothers. Where is this stated? In the in the CC Madhya 10 144, if I'm not wrong. One second. I'll just try to take it out. So, Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhyalila, 143, I think. So, here, Tahare Apana Seva Karayate Na Yujaya. Guru Agnya Diyachena Ki Kari Upaya. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying, As such, it is not befitting that the Guru's servant should engage in my personal service. Yet, my spiritual master has given this order. What shall I do? So, a Guru's servants or disciples are all God brothers to one another and as such they should all respect one another as Prabhu or Master. No one should disrespect his God brother. For this reason, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Sarvaham Bhattacharya what to do about Govinda. Govinda was a personal servant of Ishwarpuri, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's spiritual master and now Ishwarpuri had ordered Govinda to become Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's personal servant. So, what has what was to be done? This was the inquiry of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu placed before Sarvaham Bhattacharya, an experienced friend. So, this is uh, that. So, another the quality got better after the first 15 minutes. Alright. Um, Narutam Das Thakur and Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur also repeatedly approached their respective gurus for initiation despite their persistent refusals. How is this legitimate? Ekalavya did not repeatedly come to Dronacharya. He was approached, I mean he approached Dronacharya, Dronacharya refused um, and he just did not ask him again, he just took him as um, Guru and in that way he practiced. So, he disobeyed actually. Whereas, um, Gaurakishwar Das Baba, who is the other one? Narutam Das Thakur and Gaurakishwar Das Babaji. Uh, sorry, Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur. Their guru was in humility, uh, who is that Lochan, uh, Lokanath Goswami and Gaurakishwadas Babaji. They were in humility. So, that was the reason why they were not accepting and they did not want to accept any worldly person and they were also testing the, the determination of the disciple. So, that is different. Um, especially in the case of spiritual matters, when the Guru is qualified and the disciple, materially, see that was an art of fighting and uh, there, there there are considerations because only Kshatriyas should be taught and one who is not having the Kshatriya qualities, uh, he should not be taught. So, in that way, there is some consideration but spiritual life, 
is for everyone there is no bar there is it's transcendental to all caste creed color everything so there is it is different you see uh, so it's it's not exactly the same so uh, they were testing out of of course they were humble and they were not accepting any disciples but the disciples were very much uh, desirous so strongly desirous that they seeked i mean they sought the shelter of such uh, great souls and finally the great souls actually relented and gave the shelter so what else all smooth okay mostly the quality is good throughout the session actually for your first 15 minutes it was yeah, i could see i could see it was all sticking and i thought even more than 15 minutes but if it's 15 minutes then good and um, so okay so tomorrow will be the last session probably it may have to extend more than 9:30 so because i want to finish it tomorrow because from tuesday we're going to start a shloka learning series and please attend this and also bring anyone you know anyone who's interested everyone bring it to this bring them to the session and if you have any questions prepare them now and on that day you can actually ask it's not just when going to be one day so different topics on different days so first will be the importance of learning shlokas and the benefits of learning shlokas then we will have the the signs of sanskrit alphabet is very scientific you will you will love that once you know the reason behind sanskrit alphabets the way it is uh, ordered in that way and then um, after that will be pronunciation basic pronunciation and joining and division of words and then after that we will be learning chandas meters how to chant the shloka in the correct tune and after that how to understand the shlokas very detail in a detail manner word to word and how to retain the techniques of memorizing verses for long term memory and application and finally we will have a lesson also for bengali pronunciation because bengali pronunciation is different from sanskrit pronunciation so all right all that is coming up so i'm very excited i hope you are as well and with that i would like to end here and we will see you tomorrow hari krishna श्री प्रभुपाद की जय अनंत कोटि वैष्णव वृंद की जय श्री प्रहलाद महाराज की जय नरसिंहदेव भगवान की जय नारद मुनि की जय निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि बोल ग्रंथराज श्रीमद् भागवतम की जय